Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast of Graceway, Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, I'm here with Pastor Tim Dunn. We're going to talk here in just a second. But Pastor Tim, before we get into the talking, uh, I was just commenting to you, uh, Cheryl and I were driving home from a family wedding yesterday. And so we were listening to you on YouTube through Apple CarPlay in our cars. (laughs) (laughs) And I I mentioned that because that's not the first time that I've done that. And technology is uh, certainly in some ways a threat, but it's also our friend. Because otherwise, I would not have been able to, uh, well, I would have had to stay up late and listen to the, the, the sermon in another way. But I mention that because uh, we have a lot of people listening to us, not just from Graceway, but uh, other places around the country and, and, quite frankly, other places around the world. And I just want to remind everyone that you can access Pastor Tim's messages on Sunday morning or whoever's speaking that day at Graceway uh, directly from the website, from the Graceway Facebook page. You You can look them up on YouTube. I mean, there's just all types of ways to access his message. And what we do on this podcast, Let's Talk, is we we talk about what you said. (laughs) It was a very simple concept. complicated, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Nothing complicated about it at all. But uh, you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can access it, again, directly from the Graceway website, or you can find it uh, when when you look for podcasts on Apple or Google or Spotify. There's just so many different ways, which is great. And And uh, while I'm mentioning that, let me just remind you, if you have not already done so, please like us on whatever (laughs) format. Uh, Yeah, the first thing I wanted to ask you, Pastor Tim, we're we're writing back, and so uh, we had stopped to get some breakfast, and I I dialed up YouTube on my iPhone, getting ready to connect it to the car, and and I saw the title of your message, and uh, I loved it. It's the silly that saves. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this has got to be good. Sure. And so it was a few minutes into the message before you used that line. Right, right. So just making sure that people don't miss the point. Yeah. What was the point? Yeah. <laughs> Talk well, about that. So we, we're talking about um, Passover, right, which is in and of itself a pretty, a pretty, pretty direct uh, story, pretty direct symbolic, even prophetic uh, idea pointing us to Jesus. And I just was struck... As I was going through it, you know, in all of the beauty and the prophetic, uh, sometimes we we miss the again the humanity of the thing, uh, of of Moses getting everyone around and saying, "Here's what we're gonna do," <laughs> you know, the angel of death is going to pass over us, and as long as you kill a lamb and wipe its blood on your doorposts, you'll be good. And I could picture myself saying, that is the dumbest idea I have ever heard in my life. (laughs) And I also got thinking about, you know, just where we've been in Scripture, the amount of times that God asks um, Abraham, uh, uh, Joseph, uh, Jacob to do things that, you know, we know we're familiar with them. So there's some certainty and there's some... um, Like, yeah, of course God asked him to do that. But that wouldn't have been their experience. And then I kind of was thinking about my own life and times where God had me in a position or God uh, led me in a certain way that I just thought, this, I know you're God, but this is so dumb. This is so silly that you're, you're leading me this way or asking me to do this or putting me in this position. And I think that as I've been going through the text, just to see 
when people are willing to surrender their definition of silly or logical or certain, uh, just how many times God shows up and does, mm. you know, tremendous things. And, and I just thought, you know, um, them accepting what may have felt silly was their salvation yeah. at Passover. And so... Yeah, I, I love the title. I, I knew that something good sure. was coming, but uh, I, I guess my question from that is, is something that I've seen you work several times during this series, taking us through the entire Bible, and it's drawing that line between the certainty of our faith yes. and, and then on the other side you have that mysterious awe yeah. that I think sometimes we have lost in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, you you look great today. I'm sorry, folks, that I'm sitting here in a <laughs> Nike workout shirt. Monday is normally a, a sore, uh, sore and tired morning for me, so I couldn't bring myself to look as dapper <laughs> as you. Um, yeah, I mean, you said it. it the, in the modern era, and this is not a criticism. It's just a, it's it's historically accurate. The church really committed itself to modernity, which is the idea that that. If it's true, it needs to be certifiable, it, right. you know, scientifically or otherwise, and, uh, and and that gave birth to post-modernity, which is nothing is certifiable, right? And we're in this chaos, and the church freaked out about the post-modern era because we had so committed ourselves to the modern era, and in the modern era, I, I said on Sunday, you know, we we aligned ourselves with power brokers that would mostly political, that would allow us to legislate our certainty. And we began to train people in apologetics um, to kind of reinforce certainty. And I told the story of a mom saying to me one time, you know, if I send my student to your student ministry, when are you going to teach him apologetics so he's ready to go to college? And I just thought that was such an interesting, like she made the assumption that we were going to train him in apologetics so yeah. he would be safe and protected. And... Um, I don't take it from you that that's a criticism Not of the discipline of apologetics. No, no. But it's our overemphasis upon intellectualism. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, think, I think anytime you commit yourself uh, to any facet of your faith, overcommit yourself to it, you know, it has a trajectory to it. And, and, and damage can be done. I think, I think because everything had to be factual and certifiable, we lost the sense of awe. We lost the sense of beauty. We lost a sense of mystery, and really, underneath all of it, now we're in this spot where if it doesn't feel safe and certain to us, we think it's not God. Yeah. And so then we're in a really dangerous place because many times God leads us, I said, out to the deep end of the pool, and, uh, and, and our feet are dangling, and we're choking and gasping, and we think, God would never do this to me. Well, your Bible says the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a dangerous thing not to commit yourself to the solvency, intellectual solvency of your faith. Obviously, I want people to do that. Yeah, so Pastor Tim, uh, how and where do we draw the line yeah. between that certainty and that mysterious awe, or do we even need to be concerned about that? Uh, I don't. I think awareness is nine tenths of it. To be honest, it's the reason that I I said, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you a little bit here today. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that we think about where we find our safety and where we find our certainty very often. Uh, and I don't I don't I don't know that I would say we need to draw the line. I think I think both are necessary. Uh, and I think that there are different tribes. Uh, and denoms that have committed themselves to one of the side, mm -hmm. and there are others that have committed themselves to the other side. You sure. know, the experience, the all the mystery, 
versus the theology, the doctrine, the commentary, you know, all those kind of, and I, I'm trying to say we need both. Yeah, we yeah. Need both. I think that's a good way to express it. We yeah. need both. Yeah. What What advice would you give to someone who says, "Well, I I have a student in high school yeah. ready to go to college. Yeah. How do I prepare them? Yeah. How do that's I good. give them that confidence? Maybe yeah. it's not certainty, but the word would be confidence. That's right. And that that's an important thing. There's a difference between certainty and confidence. Uh, and and we only find our certainty in God Himself, not not our views of Him. Um, I would say, and I'm trying to do this with my kids, uh, and this isn't just to students, but I talk to them a lot about learning to learning to hear from God, um, learning to know how God leads, learning to follow, learning to listen. I, this was, you know, a lot of my points at the end. Learn, learn to listen, learn to be led, learn, remember you're loved, was my outline. The learn to listen and the learn to be led are for me, the guts of the whole Christian faith, right? That I'm, I'm the one being led. I'm not the one leading. My confidence is in who is leading me, and I need to learn how to listen to him. Um, now, there are things about apologetics that are obviously important and that maybe answer some questions, but I, I think that sometimes we think, uh, if I get the facts, then I'll be fine. Mm. And I don't think that's true. Um, I think that there are plenty of times in our in our faith experience where you have the facts and you're not fine because the facts God doesn't intend the facts to get you to the finish line he intends he intends him to yeah. get you to the finish line and and I think we conceptualize him and the bible and our faith and uh and so I would say um disciple your kids of what it looks like to hear from God and to follow him yeah, that's so good because I, I think the, the opposite is true. Sometimes when we're so emphasizing the facts and yeah. then one day one of the facts turns up to not be a fact. Exactly. Then that's very destructive to one's faith. Incredibly destructive, yeah. 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 I, as you know, I grew up in the era probably at the very peak of modernistic influence yeah, in the church. Sure did. Yeah. So I came along and I can remember so many things like if, if you don't believe in six literal days of creation, yeah. then you're probably not even a believer. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, things of that nature. And you, you might have a strong opinion one way or the For other, sure. which is neither here nor there. Yeah. But I, I guess the older that I have gotten, the more certain I have become yeah. of the basic things of our faith. That's right. And the less certain and less important that the other stuff has become yeah. in exchange for that mysterious awe of God. Yeah, and I think I think, you know, pastorally, um, this is a really important point. You know, Graceway's multi-ethnic and multi-generational. And a lot of times churches divide over, over the multi-generational piece because you're coming from two different eras, yeah. right? You have, the, you have the modern, and lots of eras really, uh, but you have, let's just make it simple, the modern era and the postmodern era. And, the, and your, your tribe um, is committed to and was taught to be committed to doctrine and certainty and all of those things and it's good mm -hmm. it's good but then the students my era comes along you know gen gen i don't know x or whatever and and we have all these questions and we're doubting and we're we're concerned how certain you are and you guys say well you guys just don't believe the bible and we say no no no, no. i do believe the bible yeah. i'm just i don't understand how you believe it the way that you do and this this divide occurs and my generation talks about the experience of God mm. talks about hearing from God and your generation 
uh, talks about that, but not as much as you talk about, you know, yeah. you know, th this kind of deal. And, and and what I would what I what I want Graceway to be is yes, yeah, 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 Ex exactly, yeah. Like help help me understand how you got where you got, but then also listen to yes. me, and and don't put me in a category that my heart, my doctrine, my faith, my walk isn't. Um, listen. And let's let's both grow, and let's not be threatened by the fact that you're the age you are, and they're the age they are. Let's let's be the church. Uh, you know, whenever God talks about oneness in the church, it's like, you know, one God, one Spirit, one faith. He doesn't say one view, one eschatology, one. You know, yeah, yeah. like those aren't. Uh, and so I I really, and we've talked about this a million times on this podcast and otherwise, the church is better for diversity in yeah. every way. As long as, yes, and I said this yesterday, there are certain things in our faith that we are free and called and expected to be certain about. Yeah. But that list is not as long as we've made it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I just think that when you make that list too long, it becomes a tool for exclusion in ways that I, I'm not sure are pleasing to God. Yeah, probably not would be yeah. the answer that I would give. But it's just so interesting to see how I, I think the church has an opportunity today Agreed. to be that voice of reason. Yeah. And what you just said about it, it's not an either or, right. but it's listening to people. Yeah. Well, explain your point of view to me because maybe I can learn from yeah. that yeah. Yeah. and on both sides. Yeah. And that applies not just to biblical issues, Christianity issues, it applies to political issues, vaccine issues. The list could go right. on down the line. Yeah. And it's That's a time right. for the church to stand up and be the church perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, it, 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 I don't want to make this too simplistic, but I... I do whenever I find myself, you know, across, number one, I try to find myself across the table from people that are coming from a different place as much as possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, social media is robbing us of that. Uh, you know, like, you, these algorithms are reinforcing your beliefs, not, yeah. Yeah. not challenging or growing them. And so just committing yourself to, I want to sit across from people who think it, about it differently than I do. But then I also I always and this is this is a little corny I'll be honest but I, I I try to consciously think about how would Jesus if you know when Jesus was on this earth and they said this dude's a friend of hookers and the tech tax collectors and the felons and the drug dealers I just try to picture Jesus's temperament with them yeah right and and they the fact that the religious folks identified Jesus as a friend meant that it appeared that he figured out a way to enjoy people that he not only didn't agree with but came to die for mm. you know he thought that their brokenness was significant enough that he would lay his life down but his treatment of them was enjoyable to them and I really think that the church has to get to a place where we can where we can figure out a way to enjoy people wherever they are figure out a way to listen to people wherever they are you don't have to agree. It's not yeah. a threat. It's okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I made a comment on my Twitter feed the other day that uh, based on what the reference that you just made to Jesus, hanging yeah. out with the prostitutes yeah. and the tax collectors yeah. and people of ill repute and yeah. bad reputation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes in church world we say, well, you should be ashamed for that. My view is you should be ashamed if you're not hanging yeah. out with people yeah. like that. It's That's true. kind of our mission. It's true. Yeah. We... Yeah, the church should should never have become as homogenous as it is. Yeah. 
not just around gender and race, uh, but you know, you, you know, even in our city, we, you know, the churches that are Republican churches, you know, the churches that are Democrat churches, you know, that like, I don't, I don't want any of those easy labels here. Yeah. yeah. Any of them. Um, you know, I want our label to be who they, they love Jesus. They're walking with him in concrete and conceptual ways, yep. and they love people. Uh, man, I I would die a happy man if, yeah. if that were our reputation. That that would be a great reputation it to have. But we have got time for maybe one more question, yeah. uh, and, and I want to go back to what you said about your kids. You're yeah. you're trying to instruct them in how to listen to God, and you made that point Sunday morning when you talked about learning to be still. Yeah. And just listen to God's voice. What does that look like? I'm your kid. Teach me. Well, with my kids, it's you know they'll bring me a problem or a desire or something and I'll say you know why don't you talk to God about that and then let me know what he says and so I'm trying I'm trying to teach them in the certainty of my instruction you mm -hmm. talk to God he'll hear you mm -hmm. tell me what he says you know I'm trying to infer that in in there and I'm trying to not solve things you know my son Noah is 14 my daughter Emma is 13 Isaiah is 8 you know, going on 40, <laughs> uh, about to be nine. And they're all so different. But, um, you know, with Isaiah, it's still more instruction. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as much. I'm, I say to, you know, I always say to him, who loves you more than me? And he said, for a while, he was like, nobody. And I, I have taught him to say, God does. God loves you more than me, but no one else. You know? <laughs> so we're still at that yeah, kind of yeah. uh, catechism place where I'm just trying to teach him things. With Noah and Emma, you know, they're in school and girls and boys and grades and school and I'm, I'm trying to instruct less and um, mentor more yeah and just say hey like you're you're a person of faith um, you talk to God about that and tell me what he says and then we'll talk about it so I'm trying to 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 give them that experience and to call them to that discipline of yeah talk to God um, I think the how do you how do you get still um, you know, I said this yesterday, you, you're not going to get still if you don't think God intends to talk. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really think fundamentally that is a lot of our problem, is that we think, well, yeah, God talks to Pastor Jeff, but he didn't talk to me, not like he talks to Pastor Jeff. And my response would be, God talks to anybody who's willing to listen. Mm. But the way, that we, the way that we show that we're willing to listen is, you know, the, what, is, what does the Bible say? the consistency, seek, knock, like there's a repetition to it. We turn the volume down on other voices and other distractions. And so, you know, like I'm on, I'm on social media and blah, blah, blah. But I, the, the, the rate of consumption, mm -hmm. we don't think of it as volume. Uh, but the amount of voices you have in your life, the amount of news you watch, the amount of scrolling you do, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, man, God's not going to compete. Yeah. Um, and so I would say figure out a way to lessen the voices, figure out a way um, to be more consistent, figure out a way to collect and anticipate. So, you know, I have stuff on my phone, I have journals. You know, I said yesterday, uh, you know, God, I mean, honestly, probably three or four nights a week, I feel like God wakes me up. And I'm convicted by that because I feel like, I feel like it's because I must not be listening during the day. 
Yeah, I remember you saying that yesterday. I, I yeah. love the way that you are approaching your kids because uh, you're sending them back to God rather yeah. than sending them with a formulistic approach. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that listening to the voice of God, at least my thought on that, is it's probably a little different for every person. Agreed. Just like you celebrate diversity in the church, that goes to the individual level. Yeah. God made us all to be different. Yeah, yeah. And I say that, you know, when we're, right now we're going through the Bible in a year and I'm asking people to read through the Bible in a year. And I say very particularly, I'm wanting you to learn what God's voice sounds, how mm. God's voice sounds to you. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a very, that's a very postmodern statement, right? Of course. Yeah. In the in the modern world, God's voice sounds the same to everyone. God's same yesterday, today, and forever. No, I don't talk to I don't talk to Emma the same way I talk to Noah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And um, and, and and so yeah, the what believing the certainty is that God speaks. Yeah. The, the awe is God speaks differently to all of us. Yeah. He doesn't say different. He doesn't say different truths. You yeah. might say them different ways. And that's, that's a really exciting yeah. and I love that. That's thing. something I've had to learn. My generation yeah. would say, let me give you five points on how to be still before God. And they're all alliterated, right? <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, right. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not that that is necessarily no. bad, but it's, it's getting that balance yeah. to where, yeah, there's so many things that we can be certain about, not as many as we would like yeah. to think, yeah. Yeah. but you can never erase that awe of God. Well, and I, I also want to say this, because I think this is really important. If you think that you have something that you're certain about, don't cling to it. Yeah. Because I think that sometimes... We think that God is like, be certain about this. And God's trying to get it out of our hands. Yeah, This isn't going to serve you well in the future, son. And so he'll bring valleys or tragedy or uncertainty because he's trying to take things that we shouldn't be certain about out of our hands. But yeah. we'll cling to them. Yeah. And, and that's why I think, for me anyways, the learn to listen, learn to be led yeah. is, is in a really important thing. That, yeah, God, I want to be certain about what you want me to be certain about. Right. And on those things, I'm going to cling to them with all my might. Yeah. Until you try to take him out of my hands. Well, yeah. when's he going to do that? Well, I don't know. He's yeah. he's the shepherd. Yeah, cling to God, cling not to, to God. things. That's right. That's not right. to ideas. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. Right. Wow, that's Pastor Tim, that's great, man. Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, let me just thank our our listeners for being with us today on Let's Talk. Let me just ask you to do a couple of things as we get ready to sign off today. Number one, please subscribe if you haven't done so already to our podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. And uh, second, if you could like us, if you could leave a review, uh, that just helps us to be able to get the word out to more people. If this has been a help to you, we hope it will be a help to others as well. Pastor Tim, thank you as always, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.